the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Yes. Welcome to a program we feel is worth your time to listen to, or at least, you know, keep on in the background while you're doing something more important. You know, research tells us that people hear 50% of what the, you know, what is said, and they understand 50% of what they hear. They believe 50% of what they understand, and they remember 50% of what they believe. Bottom line is, people will retain like 6% of what I'm saying right now. So even, you know, if you're only paying attention to 6% of what is coming out of my mouth, you will still be in a much better place than if you were not tuned in at all. That being said, though, I don't really want to insinuate here that, you know, I'll be changing lives or possibly the course of modern history with this little show. You know, I, I try and keep my expectations realistic while I, you know, still remaining hopeful. Yeah, so I guess I should start things off now by introducing my Aunt Dorothy, as she will be sitting in as my co-host. I guess my temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, had to go to another of those back-to-school nights for one of his kids. I don't know which one it was. It seems like he has to go to those things, like, every year. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so hey, you could say hello now, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, hello, everyone. You know, Spud, Gerald and his wife pretty much have to go to back-to-school night as it looks bad if parents don't show up to support their child. Uh, I know your parents would go to them when you were growing up. Really? Well, oh, no, okay, it was mostly your mom as your father had his poker games and the racetrack to take up his time. Well, I I'm not going to punish Gerald for missing work, but still, his kids' teachers would understand, you know, if he chose to do his job here instead, as I do need support around me as the host. Um, I think it'd be actually... And that's why I agreed to step up and fill in for him. Okay. If he just had a dentist appointment or wanted a mental health day off... Well, then no way would I be doing this. You know I'm not exactly excited to be stuck with filling in here. I know, and I really appreciate this, okay? Mm, you know, good. Even if I have to go along with your demand that Chance, our intern, fill in you know, your position as designated laugher. Thank you. Let the record show that I'm allowing this under protest. Well, why didn't you say so? No offense, Chance, you know, uh, but, but this job is way above your skill level. But you, you can speak now, but only a couple words. Be Look, brief. I said I would do this, but don't piss me off or I'll just go sit over there and play video games on my phone. Oh, dear. Look, if you are a paid employee, that could be interpreted as insubordination. Now give us a decent chuckle, if you would. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Uh, yeah, but I'm not a paid employee. I'm an intern, so I can follow my principles as far as what I'm willing to do for college credit. Ah, hmm. just another reason I love you, Chance. You are a man of principle. 
a man of the highest values. A man, a man of hey, ma- excuse me, a man? Yes. I mean, he's still 21 years old and barely shaving. That's so hot. But let's go with the concept that he is, in fact, a grown-ass man, oh, all right? Oh, boy. So, Chance, as an adult male who is involved in a relationship with my aunt, an aunt who is in the golden years of her life, just what are your intentions? I think this would be a great time for an intervention on your, I don't know, relationship with her. Oh, please, Spud, do not do this on the air. We can have this discussion later, you know, after the show. Yeah, but I have you two here right now, and I I think it would make for great radio. Look, I'm I'm not going to get into your sex life. I hope. You know, like preferred, you know, positions or anything. I got to admit the truth. It turned me on. Well, who knows? It just might strengthen, you know, this thing for you guys have going, God forbid, but it's possible. I will not allow my relationship with Dorothy to be exploited for ratings. That is not cool. Well, I know you well enough, Spud, to understand you are going to do what you are going to do. But just remember, I am your only living aunt. Yeah, I get it, Aunt Dorothy. Okay, I promise I will be respectful with how I attempt to drill down on what is, you know, at least in society's view, a rather disturbing situation with you two. There are all kinds of perversions. So I have a few probing questions I've wanted to bring up for quite a while. So, you know, we'll continue this discussion in a bit. Right now, though, it's time for our musical guest, who I will be interviewing, you know, a little later. Say hello to Wildcat Rose. If you can't make up your mind, let me make it for you. And if you don't know if you want me, then I don't want you. I keep spinning my wheels around. All you do is bring me down. You ain't worth the trouble that you put me through. Hey! 
devil knocking the first time I saw your face. Hey, this is Cheech Marin, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. So am I. So keep listening. It could pay off. Spud, your first guest, John C. McGinley, is on the line holding for you. Okay, wow. Good to know, though, I have to say, I'm looking at you, and you don't look like you're distracted, at least, you know, playing video games. I thought you'd miss his call for sure. It's not that easy. Now, Spud, don't be too hard on Chance. Remember, he is an intern here. Yeah, okay, but even interns are not supposed to be playing video games on the job. I'm not playing a video game right now. I have it paused, and I will resume playing later when I'll be even more bored out of my mind from listening to you. Well, what is the question? I don't bore people. Some people have described me as riveting on the air. You know, almost mesmerizing. I, I, I said almost, you know, almost. Yeah, I've never been mesmerized in my life, so I don't see it. What's your name, scumbag? Um, uh, Chance, honey, why don't you just put the call through now? Uh, all right, Dorothy. Here he is, Spud. Thank you. Welcome back to the show, actor John C. McGinley. We appreciate you calling into the radio program. Thanks, Spud. Thanks for having me on, pal. Yeah, so season three of Stand Against Evil is now upon us, airing each Wednesday with two shows at 10 and 10.30, and, you know, that's on IFC, and also the first two seasons are on Hulu. So, kind of cool. They sure are. You can, it's the single most bingeable show you haven't watched yet. It's on IFC, it's in your Apple Store, it's in your IFC app, it's on Hulu. It's the, it's the most... I, 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 get, I talk to people on Twitter and they just it blows the back of their head off when they binge this thing. All right, super. Well, at the end of Season 2, the gates of hell were opened up. You know, that, that's something I've always worried about. So that can't be a good thing. And I take it all sorts of bad things will be needed to, to be dealt with this season? Well, what's really interesting is the finale of season two, as you're suggesting, the, the gates of hell are, are opened up and it's the end of the world. And so how are we going to get out of that? And so I asked the, the, uh, the guy who produces the show with me and, and the creator of the show, Dana Gould, who ran The Simpsons for oh, yeah. 10 years. Oh, yeah. I said, how are you going to get out of this? <laughs> it was really reassuring last January when he told me he didn't know. And so... Uh, what he, what he didn't do was fall back on, on kind of the, the lazy convention in television of somebody knocking their head in the shower or having a bad dream and waking up and none of this happened. That is not what he leaned into. Instead, 
he created a, a storyline that uh, when you see it, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. All right. Well, I like hearing that. Well, your character, Stan, has to be ready to respond to a wide variety of evil creatures. Like, you had to deal with a were-pony, right? I mean, I know all about werewolves, but it's rather upsetting to learn there are were-ponies out there, too. Who knew? Yeah, we, we figured that the, the, the werewolf uh, real estate had been, had been tilled plenty, and so we came up with a were-pony. And... Um, you know, if you followed us around at Comic-Con in New York or in San Diego over the summer for New York a couple of weeks ago, uh, people went absolutely ape for that uh, were-pony. It's just a really uh, great witch. Very upsetting. Uh, I kind of I used to like ponies and felt really comfortable around them, but anyway, all right. Yeah, well, you don't want to be you don't want to be around wear ponies, bud. I, I just wrote that. The ponies got to feed, baby. The ponies got to feed. Uh, I wrote that down. Spud. Yes. If I may. I was told that uh, that Lori, our executive producer, encourages Gerald to jump in with a comment to you during interviews. Well, maybe. Well, as long as he doesn't butt in and start asking questions of your guests, I guess. So I just wanted to add my feelings about ponies. That is a bridge too far for me. They are beyond creepy. Uh, hey, John, just a sec. Yeah, I know, a were-pony freaks people out. It freaks me out, too, but without demonic creatures on TV and movies, you know, there would be a big hole in people's lives. They dig being scared. It's a primal need for humans. I am never scared by TV shows or movies. Oh, honey, really? your bravery during scary movies is just one more quality. It, that just makes you so special to me. I think the little ones, you know, like Chance here, all know quite well that anything these days can turn into a zombie or a werewolf. And for them, a were-pony's no big deal. It's not bravery. They just know it's the new normal. Just, just let me get back to John. I think he's slowly, you know, starting to like me. Okay, I'm back. Uh, well, you know, we've had many actors on the show who star as superheroes in movies and on TV, and they, you know, fight and defeat monsters, bad guys, and aliens from other planets. Do you ever experience disappointment in real life, knowing you would probably get your butt kicked like the rest of us? You know, reality is a downer. Well, that's what's great about Stan. Stan is in, in Stan Against Evil. The protagonist is a guy who a will only save the day and do the right thing, so he doesn't have to hear about it. And not, he doesn't want a gold medal, he doesn't want a pat on the back, he doesn't want to be the champion, he just doesn't want to hear about it. And that just makes him really subversive and genius. So in other words, when he's fighting a witch, the only thing in the first season we see him, he grabs a lead pipe and just starts bashing him over the head. What else are you going to do? Right. He doesn't have a secret ray gun, he doesn't have the, 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 the secret words. He has a lead pipe, so he grabs a pipe and starts bashing a witch over the head. It's fantastic. He's pretty effective with just uh, just the simple tools. Yeah, you got to go with what you know. All right, all right. Well, you know, the last time you were on, we touched on your experience playing Dr. Perry Cox on the great series Scrubs. Any recent stories of real-life doctors asking to consult with them on a patient's case? Because, I mean, you did speak, as I mentioned previously, you know, when you were on at the University of California San Francisco School of Medicine's commencement ceremony, so you're almost a real doctor. Yes, I am almost a real doctor, and so I find circumstances where I can contribute to the better welfare of the public, and I do my best. But has anybody recently hit you up for, like, uh, what should I do about a stuffy nose or something like that? No, but when I go to a hospital or a doctor or anything, um, you get a lot of double takes, tons of double takes. I bet. Oh, yeah. 
Um, they didn't. No, nobody's ever told you to scrub up recently. Or anyway, never mind. All right. Um, so. No, I suspended my medical practice about six years ago now. Okay. All right. Well, hey, John, this is a personal question. What's the one song on your iPod that would make people say, "What the hell"? Well, it's pretty much mostly Bruce Springsteen, so I don't know if there's a "What the hell" with Bruce, but no, I guess not. Um, and I mean, it's you can't go wrong with populated Bruce. By, by Bruce and Van Morrison and Dylan and The Who and uh, Stones. That that's pretty much my whole. That's my listening spectrum. Okay. All right. Super. Well, you know, on a, on a more serious note, um, you've been very active with the National Down Syndrome Society and the Special Olympics. You know, we, we previously discussed the movement in our society uh, when you were on last that to cease the use of the word retarded. Do you feel progress is being made? Oh, baby steps. We started a campaign 10 years ago at the World Winter Games, the Special Olympics in uh, Boise, Idaho, and the athletes crafted a campaign and we helped them shape it called Spread the Word to End the Word which is on the Special Olympics website if you have the wherewithal to go by there. And all it purports to do is invite people to use love and compassion in their language instead of um, vile words like retard and retarded, which only perpetuate a negative stigma about our population, a group that's never done anything to hurt anybody. Right. And so we've been taking baby steps, but I still hear the word, the R word. We call it the R word. I still hear it all the time. And I try to engage people in conversation and, 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 and show them that that's that's really that's really hurtful language to our population yes yes well said all right well last question i know you got stuff to do if you could step into a time tunnel and become any figure in world history who would it be uh i guess jesus i'd love to see what it was like to be the son of god thinking big all right jeez well Uh, why wouldn't you i mean the guy's he's the greatest guy in the history of the planet so why wouldn't you want to I mean, that would be stunning, to, although the, the crucifixion would hurt. It would. But, yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd want to see what Jesus saw. Okay, all right. I was kind of thinking I wouldn't have mind walked, you know, walking a few miles in the shoes of Marie Antoinette. You know, maybe spend more time hanging out with the regular folks, and things might have turned out differently, but that's just me. Anyway, well, all there's right. nobody more regular than Jesus. God, good point. Good point. All right. All right, well, let, let me say again that Stand Against Evil airs Wednesday nights at 10 and 10.30 on IFC, also available on Hulu. So thanks a bunch for coming back on our show. Spud, all the best, pal. I'll all right. talk to you next time. Super. Mr. John C. McGinley. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Hello, people. This is the Spud Goodman Show. We're shotgun kitchen. Doing a sound check. We have a vocal check. Kristen. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 
Okay, you know, one of my you know main concerns for you, Aunt Dorothy, is Chance's ability to be the breadwinner in your relationship. I have my doubts about his earning capacity. Who knows what he'll do for a career when he grows up? But you know, he doesn't exactly scream future success, oh, you know. There is no need for Chance to be the breadwinner in our relationship. And my God, that term went out in the 50s. I do quite well for myself, you know, with my retirement pension, Social Security, and then there are a few investments I've huh. made over the years. Really? Uh, I did not know that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Spud, but with your dead-end career in radio and those failed marriages of yours, how's your current lifestyle working for you? Do you well, enjoy living in a one-bedroom apartment? Well, what is the question? Hey, it's a very large one-bedroom unit, okay? And you've never been there. It has a garbage disposal and a built-in vacuum system. It's pretty neat. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. It may be a large one-bedroom spud, but you do really need to get rid of some stuff, as your hoarding tendencies have made the place smell like the city dump. No, it doesn't. Huh. I mean... Uh, hey, Chance, do, do you have an adequate life insurance policy? She, and I'm saying she, my aunt, could lose everything and go bankrupt at any time. That's possible. You just oh. never know. The least you can do is guarantee that she will be taken care of if anything should happen to you. Like, you know, if you fell off your skateboard and landed on your head. Oh, my uh, goodness. Well, it could, no, that could happen, I, too. I haven't purchased life insurance policy yet. Uh, I still haven't graduated from community college yeah, it is something I plan on doing down the line. I can assure you I will make sure your aunt is taken care of should anything happen to me. Yeah, you know, getting your parents to promise she could stay in your room at their house if you kick the bucket, that, that's not what I was referring to. She is accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and crashing at your parents' house is not going to cut it, man. Well, you know I do love your parents, Chance, but on this topic, it's true. I really will need my own place. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, his bunk bed is going to be a good fit for you, you know. And the top bunk is out of the question. Yes! But if I got into a pinch financially and had to spend a few weeks at Chance's parents' house, uh, I'm sure I could survive sleeping in a top bunk for, um, well, a while. My cousin Ben will be going to live with his parents soon when they get back from panning for gold in Alaska, so don't you yeah. worry. The bottom bunk will be available. Thank uh, you. Anyway, I'll make sure to tell my parents, should anything happen to me, that they'll need to get a nice queen-sized bed for Dorothy. It'll be a tight fit in my bedroom, but I think it'll work. Very nice. You, you know, regarding your duties as a fill-in laugher, I gotta say, uh, you're kind of dropping the ball here. When was the last time you laughed at anything I've said? I didn't know I was supposed to be a trained SEAL. Uh, I'll tell you what. I will laugh when you say something funny. How's that? And it only makes common sense. Yeah, I, I feel I've given you multiple opportunities to add something to this program, laughter-wise, and you failed to deliver. Um, that, that's a fact. I, I know my Aunt Dorothy has set a high bar as far as a designated laugher, but a mannequin could offer as much as you have so far. Okay, be careful what you wish for. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, all right, all right. I, I, I okay. can't handle anymore. Anyway, I just, just somebody check and see if our next guest is ready to go, please. Yes, Spud, your next guest, Mary McCormick, is waiting to speak with you. 
Okay, you know, I've never interviewed Mary before, but she seems like a really cool person. Oh, I really enjoyed her on The West Wing. Is that a Marvel TV show? Who was the superhero on that? They want to shatter your mind talking about Justin Bieber! Uh, no, it was about life in the White House. You know, politics and the government stuff you don't read about much in your comic books. Oh, oh, my chance. He sure loves his comic books. Yeah, okay, fine. I dig them too. But I do read a couple newspapers also from time to time. Anyway, Mary has a new show on ABC. We'll be talking about it. It takes place way back in the 70s. You know, I still have my Farrah Fawcett poster. What's with you, Joha? Well, and I still have my Bobby Sherman and also David Cassidy posters. I will never throw them away. Well, you know, you do not have to leave those to me in your will. Just be aware of that, all right? I'm just saying. All right, could you please put Mary through? See, little actress Mary McCormick, thank you for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's discuss... Your show, okay. The Kids Are All right, all right, airing on ABC Tuesdays at 8.30, 7.30 Central. Yeah, um, so I hope everyone will watch. It's really fun and to make and hopefully really funny. I think people are enjoying it. It's um, um, based on the writer, the show creator's real life. He was one of eight boys. He grew up in a family of eight boys. So yeah. That's the, that's, the, that's the family we're playing, and I'm the mom of the family, Peggy Cleary. And yeah. it's an Irish Catholic, sort of very traditional Irish Catholic family. And the show is set in 1972. So that's the backdrop. Well, you Ten know, people living under one roof, three bedrooms, one bathroom. Dang. You know, in a wow. turbulent time. Yeah. Well, uh, eight boys, that's almost a full basketball roster. So there's there's a lot of testosterone in, in, that's in one home, or at least on the set, right? Yes. That, you can say that again. Well... Do you ever have to step up and like take on duties of a you know the duties of a real mom and tell the cast members to knock it off when they get too rowdy between takes? I do, and I don't like that. It's such a horrible thing. They're little boys, so they have, and they really love each other. You know, they're having a ball together. But sometimes I'll be like, you know, but their moms and dads are there. You know, they usually have a parent around, and they're good kids. So they're they're very good kids. Actually, we're really lucky so far. So. So none of them, like, um, pound on each I'm, other. I am definitely... If someone's doing the shushing, it's me. Okay. They, they, they don't, like, pound on each other ever or anything like that. Pound on each well, other? Well, you know, yeah, like, a boy slay yes. kind of smack Oh, each yeah, other. they tackle and laugh and fart jokes. And, I mean, it's eight boys. You can imagine the set. All right, all right, super. Well, yeah, you know, it's a lot of men. Be, being in a period show where you have to wear time-appropriate clothing, do you find yourself fondly remembering what they give you to put on? Or have you ever told I the do. wardrobe department that you just can't stomach putting on some you know, 70s fashion atrocity? No, I love it. It's so fun. I mean, I grew up in the 70s, so it's just that part of the show is really fun. And it's fun to watch, too. I mean, to see me driving in the passenger seat of a huge blue station wagon with a baby on my lap and no seatbelt is crazy you know you you realize like oh, how we really lived like that like in the opening sequence the opening title sequence you see our, some of our kids running around an open flamed grill you know just like playing chase right around massive flames uh. it's just nuts how we that part's nostalgia for me it's really fun my hair the clothes the cars it's and for Mike Cudlitz who plays my husband we walk around the set going oh we had I had these sheets oh my god you know, look at this or Remembering that you have to change the channel, we sort of push our littlest one off the couch and make him do it every time. And right, right. All um, that stuff. I wouldn't look too good in bell bottoms right now, but I, I suppose I suppose you'd get used to it doing it at work, at work every day. You get used to the stuff you wear. But anyway, yeah, know. that's fun. It's fun to sort of 
uh, revisit other times. That part's really fun. As an actor, it's fun. Maybe it wouldn't be for someone else, but we like that stuff. All right. Well, looking back at your career, a lot of people remember you playing Howard Stern's wife in the movie Private Parts, directed by Billy yes. Thomas. It's based on Howard's yes. life. It was, was easy to work with. It was his first and last movie, you know, so far. I know. Yes, it was easy. He was so easy to work with. He's, and we're still great friends because he's such a lovely person. I mean, he was kind and he was, you know, self-effacing and he made every day fun but also safe for me he was you know because he has massive fans and we shot it in the tri-state area and i'd never seen anything like that i mean i it's also my first big movie and my, i mean i think it was my first big movie certainly i mean i had not a ton of experience so the whole thing could have been and was in some ways overwhelming for me but he was so protective and still is very protective of me so it was a night it was it's one of my fondest memories ever i mean certainly my best work experience it was really fun yeah, it was, a, it was a great movie. Still holds yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. On top of it, Betty did such a good job. You know, she's so... I didn't know how lucky I was to be working with someone so good. You know, she was so good. I know now, you know, many years later, I think, oh, that was such a magical experience, you know? Right, right. Uh, Spud? What? Please don't bring up my personal business with Mary during your interview. I know how you like to use the people around you for material with guests, but some things are off-limits, and my relationship with your aunt is for sure. Oh, uh, hey, Mary, I need a moment here. I wasn't planning on bringing up your situation, okay? You think I'm proud of the fact that my only living aunt is sleeping with our show's 21-year-old intern? It's embarrassing, uh, man. Hey, uh, I'm a bit offended by that remark, Spud. There's no need to be embarrassed by our relationship, you know. We are not ashamed of our sexuality. And I'm sure Mary understands this. If you do bring it up, I might break the rules and jump in the conversation myself. Do you no, want her you're to not going to do that. You are not going to do that. Wet the bed. I don't yeah. wet the bed all the time. Dorothy told me about your little problem. <laughs> it, it, it hardly ever happens, okay? And it's only when I drink beer after 8 p.m. Uh, that was not to be shared, Chance. Will you please respect the boundaries we agreed to? Yeah, respect the boundaries. Hey, Mary, I'm back. Excellent. Thanks. Well. Let me ask you this. You're later on the great series, The West Wing, playing a national security yeah. advisor for 48 episodes. That's a lot of experience. Can you see yourself playing a character in the Trump administration? Oh, oh wait, it's it's not a TV show. It's for real. But what would your character, Kate Harper, advise our current administ- you know, commander-in-chief? Um, I don't think Kate would be there. I mean, Kate's, she's an ex-killer, CIA. You know, she's, she does not suffer fools. So I don't know. I don't know what she would say. <laughs> I don't know what anyone would say. I mean... Uh, maybe maybe yeah. don't kiss up to like not so nice dictators that might be one but anyway all right that's a good start place to start right yeah, yeah. well and the other thing i was thinking Mark, martin sheen would have at least read your briefings so there, there's that i guess fake yeah, life is better martin than real sheen, life the great martin sheen yes he's so wonderful yes what yes. a wonderful person i mean he's amazing because he so puts his money where his mouth is you know he's out there helping in the fire he's just an incredible human being he we would show up at work on monday mor- on monday morning and everyone's like what you do this weekend people are like oh i saw the screening or i went to this you know whatever and he'd be like oh yeah that sounds fun he's like i got arrested you're like oh my god martin <laughs> you know he just he he's not one of those um people who are claim to be political and don't actually show up he really shows up Yep. So you got to give him credit. Yes, he does. Um, well, hey, you did three episodes of Angie Tribeca. How tough was it to not break character and crack up with all the goofy stuff they throw up against really the wall? Really 
really, really tough because that's my kind of comedy. I love really stupid. I mean, first of all, it's not stupid. It's beautifully funny, well-written, but I like that kind of comedy, that really sort of old-fashioned airplane. I mean, Airplane was one of my favorite movies of all time. So, And Rashida is so funny and a good friend of mine, so we're like sisters. So for us, not to crack up in any material together is hard, but when you're doing that kind of stuff, we were literally, I mean, we barely got through our day. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't think I could deal with it. it, it that, that's a really, really funny show. But. Oh, I think so, too. I love that show. Yeah. I mean, I would do that show forever. I loved it. Except for now, I'm busy with the kids. Are all right? Right, right. Well, last question. I know you got other stuff to do. So I know you're a mom with three children, but away from showbiz, yeah. do, do you have like a hobby or an interest that would surprise people like spelunking or maybe bull riding? Something that just would say, wow, I, I didn't see that coming. Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. Do I have a hobby? I mean, I'm lucky if I get a shower. Oh, yeah. A hobby is really, um, that's a word that went away a lot of years ago. That's like reading. Those are things that moms don't really get to do anymore. I mean, I remember one time my husband was directing something in New York, and I called him and I was like, what are you going to do? Because he didn't have rehearsal that day of the play. And he's like, I guess I'll just finish my novel. And I about hung up on him. I was like, well, finishing a novel. But no, I don't think I have an interesting, weird... I need to get one. I'll take suggestions. All right, maybe I'll email you one. All right, well... I... <laughs> Spelunking sounds good All right. in my spare time. Okay, well, I, I know you got to go, so let me remind everyone that your show on ABC oh, airs you. Tuesday nights at 8.30, 7.30 Central. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. You're, you're so sweet to have me. I really appreciate it. There you have it, Ms. Mary McCormick. Help yourself to health. Get some pep for work or play. Help yourself to health. Drink a quart of milk each day. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions. The program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Okay, it's musical guest interview time, so say hello to Wildcat Rose. Please identify yourselves and the instrument you have developed a bond with. Um, hello, I am Marika, and I am the singer. We have uh, Tony Lavori on the pedal steel. We've got Amy Zoe on the drums, and we have Kirsten on the bass, and... Sky Phoenix on the guitar. Super. All right. You know, in reading the band's biography, it stated that the Pacific Northwest rainy weather has influenced, you know, the band's sound. It's influenced me too, but, you know, medication allows me to survive until summer. What emotions does the rain bring out in band members? Kind of bummer ones, I guess, right? <laughs> okay. The rain all the time. Um, Sky, our guitar player, is from Aberdeen, so he's been growing oh, up with, yeah. with rain, oh, lots yeah. and lots of it, forever. Yeah. Does the sun ever break out there? Like, a couple times a year, I heard. Uh, a couple times a year sounds about right, yeah. Mm, all right. <laughs> you know, I was supposed to give a shout-out to our listeners in Canada, you know, um... So, you know that country is like becoming so cool, it, it could start filling up real soon. Because, you know, from the prime minister who looks like a guy in a Sky Vodka ad to their progressive laws on cannabis, it's the go-to country right now. Have you guys ever played there? Uh, this band has not played in Canada, but actually Tony, pedal steel guy right here, is Canadian. Oh, 
Super. Yes. Do you do you like know Justin Trudeau? Or not know him, but I mean like have you ever hung out with him and just in the background, like I waved have, at him? I Yeah, okay, all right. That's for the record. Um, okay, so I'm sure, you know, all of you have overheard our conversation on the show, you know, about Chance, our show's intern, and the somewhat illicit relationship with my aunt. Um, does anyone in the band have a position on his refusal to make a commitment here? No comment. You got <laughs> off easy, Chance. All right, whatever. I was, I was, I was kind of hoping for some, some. You guys would back me up. But all right. So, so what are the long-term goals of the band? Uh, long-term goals, we just recorded an EP, so we'd like to do a full length at some point. We'd like to go on tour. Um, you should go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, we, we got to get up there. It's, right. it's just right up there. That's right. Okay. Well, what's the name of the next song, and what the heck is it about? So the next song is called um, Sam the Butcher. This is about Sam the Butcher from the Brady Bunch. Super. Except he's a serial killer in this song. Yeah, well, that's okay. Let's do it. <laughs>
is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, this is Cherie Curry from The Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. Spud. Yeah. Your last guest, Ernie Hudson, is ready to go. You know, Ernie's always a great guest, a very deep thinker. Oh, and quite hot, too, I might add. Hey, hey, can I ask if your boyfriend, Chance, over there ever gets jealous of all these crushes you're always talking about, you know, you know that you have on Hollywood stars? Spud, you can ask me yourself. I am not the jealous type. Unlike some, I am secure in my masculinity. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. We have an arrangement where we both are allowed to develop attractions to people in Hollywood. I mean, it's not like we'll ever get to actually sleep with these people. I, I, I don't need to know this much information. It's okay. Fine. We explore a lot of things to keep the relationship fresh and exciting. I don't understand. Just, just put Ernie through, uh, like right now. Okay, okay, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor and producer Ernie Hudson. Thanks for checking in with us, man. You know, thanks so much for having me, man. It's great to, uh, to talk to you. Yeah. Now, you have a new show, The Family Business, airing on Tuesdays on BET at 9, 8 Central. Uh, is that correct? Yes, yeah. New show, The Family Business. Um... Well, besides starring in this show, you're also the executive producer, too. That means you have a lot of juice and can, like, order up top-notch craft services food for the cast. You must be really popular on the set. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's kind of fun to take on that other role, but really my role is uh, to just try and do everything I can to make sure the show uh, not only gets done, but get done in a way that um, you know that holds things together, and uh, that's that's all very exciting. But um, a lot of people more qualified than I am in that department are, are running things. Well. Okay, all right. I know you're modest, but I'll let that go. Um, well, it's the story about a crime family in New York, but you guys kind of lead a double life, right? Like the, the Huxtables by day, the Sopranos at night, or maybe the other way around. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, it's a guy who um, just so committed and believes um, in family. I think is what drew, drew me to the project. Um, so they, he owns, they own the largest exotic car dealership in the country. And uh, that's legitimate. Uh, it's an amazing thing. But to build that empire, uh, they've been involved in some uh, dark things on the dark side, you know, yeah, undercover, yeah. underground things. And, like all uh, of us. And you yes. build that empire, and then uh, now you have to protect it, and you want to protect it for family. Right. Super. Well, um, I'm looking forward to watching it. So, uh, Ernie, you've... you've you're kind of always working. I guess that I could say that. You're also now on, on the Netflix series Grace, Grace and Frankie playing, playing Lily Tomlin's boyfriend. So I guess my question is, as much as you work, how tough is it to transition so often from role to role? Do they ever like bleed over and you find yourself bringing in a character's tendencies from another show by mistake? Well, you know, in a weird way, what I do is uh, I'll read a script and I'll... First off, the story is the universe, and then you, you, you think of the character, and I kind of meditate on it. I don't want to say pray, because that gets a little, but I meditate, and I think there's a spirit of each character that's uniquely different, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I just kind of feel like I know that. I mean, intuitively, they're not the same, and, um, and so it, 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 it makes perfect sense to me. I don't know how it would be for anybody else, but... Uh, the character that uh, I do on the family business 
He's a dad, but then I also do a show we're shooting now called L.A.'s Finest with Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. uh, a spinoff from the Bad Boys series, and I play uh, Jessica Alba and Martin Lawrence's dad, but it's a very different dad. Uh, they're very different people in very different universes, and um, so, uh, yeah, no, they're not, you know, uh, we're, we're all uniquely different, and yet we're all definitely the same. All right. You know, all that's right. sort of yin and yang of it, I guess. Super. Well, in 2016, you had a cameo uh, on the Ghostbusters remake. As a veteran of the great original version, uh, both of them, uh, did, did, did you find yourself saying, hey, guys, we did it this way and it was funnier? Not that the remake wasn't funny, but, but you would have been a good resource to hit up during the shoot. Yeah, you know, you, you always think you have something to offer, but I found um, part of being a dad, I guess, is, um, you know, if they haven't asked for it, it's best not to... <laughs> It's best not to offer it because people don't necessarily. When they come and say, uh, what do you think, or uh, then you can offer input. But, uh, you know, they, they these, those guys are really good, uh, all the women on the show, at what they do. And uh, I'm a big fan, so I got nothing but just to offer what I have. And But if they asked me, sure, I, I, I would have made some suggestions, but uh, they didn't ask, and uh, I, I just love being a part and watching them do what they do yeah it was it was a good movie um so you also this is another project that uh most people are aware of that, that you were in you played a prison warden on the freaking awesome show oz on hbo may it rest in peace what's your take on these for-profit prisons that just seems so wrong to me i mentioned this to a few cast members of orange is a new black and they agreed yeah no i yeah but we you know you can take things uh down the road so far and it gets so dark and dangerous, you have to acknowledge that we can't continue going down this road. And to me, our prison justice system is a road that we've come way too far. It's done so much damage and is doing so much damage. We have to rethink and we have to commit to redoing. And uh, those shows, Orange is New Black and Oz, you know, they kind of bring it to our attention because I think we like to pretend this isn't going on, but our prison justice system is just wrong on every level. Um, it is not helping us, I don't think, and as a society. And I just, but you know, we have to reach a point where you want to change. Want is the biggest part of it. Yeah, it, it just—I I just don't understand the concept of making money on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, the, yeah. the justice system. Well, I mean, you know, it's like I a growth industry. Unfortunately, I think we've reach a point where we feel as long as we can make money anything is justified and that's just not true there are some things that are for uh, humanity for all of us for the planet that is not about making more money right and uh, as long as we want to privatize everything um, I think we're gonna be in trouble I think there are certain things that we we really need to do for each other and for ourselves and I think we as a public need to demand that um, not all about profit as much as you know people want to make us believe if it doesn't make a profit um, it's going to destroy society i think sometimes it's just the opposite right well stated all right well if you were the leader of the free world let me ask you this what would be your first order you know uh, like right now i'm thinking i would put a stop to all those diet commercials on tv because it's a real buzzkill you know for millions of us that are picking out on you know seriously tasty stuff but if you were like a you know to make a serious order what would it be 
I think if I were, you know, make a serious order, I would um, prepare the armed forces to um, to be trained, to um, develop and protect, and to um, to do work and building things up as opposed to blowing things up. Um, and I would uh, use uh, that as a training uh, ground for our people to to protect our country in a real way by being here and all the natural disasters, all the things we have going on. I'd like to think that when we go into other countries that uh, we're doing more good than we're doing harm. And, uh, and I think uh, our armed forces should reflect our humanity uh, more than our... I don't believe in that we destroying things going to somehow make it better. All right. All right. Well, thank you for that. All right. Well... I know, I definitely know you have meetings or something because you're working 24-7. So let me say again, your new show, The Family Business, is airing Tuesday nights at 9, 8 central on BET. Thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. There you have it, Mr. Ernie Hudson. Narcos. Narcos is a very good show on Netflix, though people on it do very violent things just for kicks. It does make me think twice about taking a trip to Medellin for my midwinter sun fix, as I have seasonal affective disorder and it's one of the Travel Channel's top picks. Narcos is a very good show on Netflix, but I don't want to die on my first night at an all-inclusive resort. I want to live. Okay, before I close this show, there's something I need to bring up. I really think this is the elephant in the room. Chance, what are your intentions with my aunt? Are you willing to finally put a ring on her finger? Well, we've only been dating for around eight months. Dorothy and I both feel marriage is something that would best be looked at down the road. So, you're going to basically just string her along and run out the clock. You know, just... Just keep her around until you find someone younger and, and it's totally into video games. That is so wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spud, it seems to me that you're jealous of our relationship. I'm not jealous. Uh, and I felt this way for quite some time, you know. The closer Chance and I become, the more you attempt to put a wedge between us. You need to know it's a waste of your time. We love each other, and no outside voices will influence what we have together. Not even the possibility Chance might someday become a Republican? It could happen, you know. Hmm. My oh. political affiliation is my personal business, and if you really want to know, I'm an independent. I don't believe in political parties. Yeah, just like you don't believe in the institution of marriage, too, huh? You know what I mean! I believe in marriage. My parents have been married 19 years. Really? How old are you again? Really, can we please change the subject? I will, but I, I just, I still need to know if Chance, Chance, if, if you won't marry my aunt, will you at least sign a domestic partnership agreement? It's the least you could do to provide some security for my only living aunt. Y yeah, I guess I would be willing to sign one of those things. Can you download them somewhere? 
probably, but you're going to have to get it notarized or, or whatever, you know, to make it legal. You just can't put down a few things on a piece of notebook paper and stuff it into one of your peachies. Oh, no. What's a peachy? Oh, another era, honey. Spud, why don't you close the show now, as I have things I need to take care of at home. And, and good time, Aunt Dorothy. Oh. So, Chance, can I ask if you want kids? You know, besides money, that's often an area of conflict oh, with boy. couples. One partner, like, really, really wants a kid or, or three, and the other one can't, you know, handle being around rugrats. Where do you stand on this topic? Kissing our pants yet? I really haven't thought about kids. I suppose I'd be okay with one. That's not something we're discussing at this point in our relationship. Oh, Spud, don't start projecting into the future as nothing good can come from that. At this point, Chance and I are going steady, okay? No need to bring kids into the discussion right now. All right, all right, fine. Let me touch on on something that, that also concerns me, okay? Chance, are you prepared to protect my aunt... Like if someone breaks into the place you guys are living at and, and, you know, you hear some noise that makes you think someone could be in your house, would you tell her to stay put and, and you would, like, go beat the out of the bad guy? Or or would you just, you know, start crying and beg her to deal with it? What's it gonna be, yo? Come on! Spud, I was on the wrestling team in ninth grade. I know a few moves that could do the trick. Oh, no need for hand-to-hand combat, dear. I have multiple automatic handguns and a couple of AR-57s. More than enough firepower to stop anyone who wishes us ill will. Well, if it is war they want, then war they shall have! I know you're always very well armed. That's right. And Dorothy, but let's just say, you know, you have a broken leg or something, though, and Chance would have to step up. Would he be up for it? I worry about you. Well, Spud, you certainly have issues yourself. I mean, you called the police that night when you heard a rat in your kitchen making noise. Yeah, but it was like a really huge rat. Yeah, okay, it was a false alarm, but but it was a good opportunity for the police, you know, to test their response time. I was a little disappointed it took them almost 14 minutes to arrive. I can say I'm not afraid of a rat, Spud. Don't you worry about the safety of your aunt. I will do what's necessary. You make the move. It's your move. You know, that was a cheap shot about the rat. Totally uncalled for, Chance. All right, you got that? So anyway, and Dorothy, you know about the only positive thing, and I'll try to end this thing with something positive. (laughs) You know, with with being with a 21-year-old, you guys are not going to have to waste any money on those ED pills. They are cheap. You know, or, or, you know, I've been told that by friends. So why pause to take a pill? Okay, so anyway, let me, let me close the discussion with this last question. Chance, are you willing right now to make a firm, lifelong commitment to my only living aunt right here, right now, on the air, before I say goodnight or good day or whatever I do when I sign off? Remember, if you do say yes... That is legally binding. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to respond to that. Uh, um, yeah, okay, I guess so. All right then, all right then. We have that on tape oh, or dear. whatever we use to record this show. I don't know, whatever we do with, record it with. Uh, uh, look, bottom line is I may not approve of your relationship, but now at least I know, you know, that you and Dorothy are going to be taken care of. Oh, uh, boy. You know, and if you toss him, you know, aside like a, like a beanbag in a, in a cornhole game, that so be it. All right, but I, I'm feeling better after having this discussion. You may not be, but I, I feel pretty good right now. I feel yeah. at peace. Okay? Good for you. So let me sign off. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye.
right. Once again, here is Wildcat Rose. Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.